Welcome to the Mountain Park Church Podcast. We're excited to share this week's message with you. Our mission is to allow God to work in and through us, and we'd love to hear your story of how God has been working in or through you. Email us at mystory@mp.church and tell us how God has been working in and through you. Um, we are in this series called Planted, and um, I love that when it comes to talking about money, Andrew always says, Brenda, do you want to preach? Why don't you take this one? <laughs> and last year, um, I had the opportunity to speak in our series Breakthrough about money, and this year, um, today, I am talking a little bit about money. But as I got into this topic, I realized that Sowing and reaping and planting seed time and harvest is a principle that is all throughout Scripture. And the deeper I got into it this week, the more I thought, man, I don't even know where to go with this message because there's so much of it. The word seed alone is in the Bible almost 400 times throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament. God loves the idea of planting seeds. Because God loves life. He loves to give life. And he loves to give the potential for life. And he often gives it in the form of a seed. When God created the earth and he created everything that was, he formed the earth and the land and the sea and the the ecosystem and how everything would work. And then he started to put life on the planet. And he made fish and birds and animals and his crowning achievement, human beings. And he made all of us, he gave us this great system that's perfect, absolutely perfect for us to live in. And he gave everything that was living the ability to reproduce after itself. He gave every living thing seed. And he said to Adam in the garden, he said, look around you. I've given you everything you need. He said, look around you. I've given you every tree that's going to feed every animal and you human beings. I've given you everything that you need. And in the garden, it was probably fairly simple, I think. I, I, I would think for Adam. When I, when I think about today and I think about the garden, I think it had to be fairly simple. God said that he needed man to cultivate the soil and to tend the land. And so he put man in the garden and he planted, planted everything around him. And he said, you're going to take care of it. I gave you everything that you need and I gave the seed to multiply, but you're going to manage it. And then it says he came into the garden and it, it says it was his, his habit to come into the garden and to walk and talk with man. And so when I think about the conversations that God had with Adam and Eve when he walked with them in the garden... I often wonder if it had a lot to do with how he was taking care of the things that God had put in his care. You know, the rhinos and, and the, I don't know, flamingos, they're getting into trouble again, they're bothered, I don't know. Don't plant the apples so close to the grapes. I don't know what it was they were talking about, but I have a feeling that when God was building his relationship with Adam, he was also teaching him how to use the resources he had given him. And our lives are a little bit different today. I think they're a little bit more complicated. There's a lot more things that are distracting us and calling for our attention. 
And there's a lot more things that we feel we need to manage. Jobs, businesses, you know, whatever your livelihood is, your family. We've got all this stuff going on in our lives that we feel like we're juggling all these balls and we have to manage everything. But today we're going to look at this in a really simplistic way that not much has changed since the Garden of Eden. God gave Adam and Eve a command. He said, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. And he said, I've given you everything you need to do it. As Adam and Eve would have expanded the borders of the Garden of Eden, everything would have grown and expanded with them and covered the earth. He gave them everything that they needed to accomplish the mission that he had given them. And that mission, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over it, sounds an awful like a lot, uh, sorry, sounds an awful lot like what Jesus said to us, which was go into all the world and make disciples of every nation and all authority has been given to me and I'm giving it to you. And so if God has called us to do that, he's given us everything we need to do it, just like in the Garden of Eden. But I think sometimes we mismanage what God gives us. He's called us into partnership to see his kingdom established here in our lives first and then in the areas around us. But we have to learn what it means to partner with him, to walk and talk with him, to hear his voice and then respond with obedience and faith in our personal lives. And I want to show you that this, this sort of, this. oh, they're already all up there. Look at that. Okay. So number one, God meets our needs and he gives us seed. This is a promise throughout the Bible. And I'm going through this really, really, really quick today. I don't have a whole lot of time. But God will always meet our need and give us seed. He promises us that. He says, I'm giving bread for you to eat and I'm giving seed for you to sow. And every time you look around you, everything that you have, there's what you need and there's always something that you can sow somewhere in your life. It's not always money. And, and this is where I think we get really hung up on the idea of sowing and reaping because we always think about it in terms of money. And pastors always preach about it in terms of money. Money is just one resource that God has given us. He has given us so much that we can give out of. Maybe you can give out of your time. Maybe you are, you know, maybe you're retired and you don't have a job and you don't have kids at home anymore and so you've got extra time on your hands that you can give to somebody else, that you can work in the church. Maybe there's other things that you can do. He's given you talents. Maybe there's a way that you can use your talents in the kingdom of God and you can sow into someone else's life in that way. There's lots of ways that we can sow seeds. There's lots of resources that God has given us. Can you throw those three back up again? The second one is we manage the seed. So God meets our need and he gives us seed. It's up to us to manage the seed. That's our responsibility. It's our responsibility to steward well and take care of everything he puts in our hands and in our lives. Now you're sitting here today and you're breathing breath in your lungs. You are alive. And you have 24 hours in this day. What are you going to do with them? And you have resources in your hand. What are you going to do with them? How are you going to manage what God has given you? And the third one is this. 
God is responsible for the increase. Now, I'm going to ask you to just leave this up for a minute because we're going to talk about this. For all my friends who love taking notes, I am just blessing you today. That one of them even rhymes. It's too bad all of them didn't. But God is responsible for the increase. So look at this. If we look at this real close. The first one, who's responsible for that? God is. The third one, who's responsible for that? God is. So our only issue, the only thing we're responsible for, the only thing that we need to worry ourselves about is managing the seed. And we get ourselves into a lot of trouble when we try to do God's job for him and we try to meet our needs and we try to manipulate the outcome. It says this in his word. In Matthew chapter 13, He's talking about the parable of the sower, and I'm just going to zero in on one little part of this. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but listen, the worries of this life, trying to meet my needs, and the deceitfulness of wealth, the increase that I want to see, choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed that falls on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. Listen, when we get fixated on meeting our own needs, we're always going to mismanage the seed. And if we get fixated on the results, we're going to mismanage the seed. It's our responsibility to take care of the seed. That's the only thing we need to worry about. All throughout scripture, God says that he is going to meet our needs. Jesus said this over and over too. He said, look at, look at the birds, look at the sparrows, they fly in the sky. They, they don't have to store up things in barns. I meet all their needs and don't I care for you more than I care for them? We don't need to worry about our needs. Now, sometimes we think our needs are different than what God thinks our needs are. That might be a problem too. Come on. Don't get so quiet on me this morning. You know I love you. But God will always meet our need and he will always make sure that we have seed to sow. Well, Brenda, when I get a better job, I'll give. When I have more time on my hands, I'll give more time. You know, when people say that, I always think, there's something that you can do to sow right now if you managed it well. We all have the same amount of time in every day. It depends how we manage our time and what we have left over to give. And can I tell you this? At the beginning of this year, I felt God say to me, um, make yourself available. And I thought that was a really odd thing. I wrote it down in my journal. And as people, as people started to come to me, especially women in this church, and say, do you have time to spend a couple hours with me? I need to talk. I kept, I kept hearing that voice in the back of my mind say, make yourself available. Make yourself available. Make yourself available. And as I did, I, can I tell you now, I meet with more people and have more stuff on the go now than I did a year ago, but somehow I feel like I have more time than I ever had. I don't know how. That's what God does. When we put our stuff in his hands, when we manage it the way he says to manage it, then we end up with more than we ever thought we could imagine. It's a miracle. And this is a place 
This is the place where God wants to meet us. 2 Corinthians 9.8 says this, God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things and at all times, having all you need, you will abound in every good work. When he asks you to do something, you have everything you need to do it. Everything you need. There are no excuses. There's no excuses in the kingdom of God. If he tells you to give, you have what you need to give. He's given you what you need. We have to learn how to manage it well. Now, if we try to predict the results or manipulate the outcome of what God is doing, we're also going to mismanage the seed. In Ecclesiastes, it says, you can't understand how a baby grows in its mother's womb. God's ways are so much greater than our ways, you can't understand them. So don't try to figure out what God is doing. Just be obedient and do what he says. And trust him with the outcome. Sometimes we don't even get to see what the outcome is. In the book of Acts, there was a time when Paul was out on the road and he was preaching and he was going from town to town. And it says that the Holy Spirit actually forbade him from going to Asia. He said, don't go there. I need you to go this way. And so he obeyed. And he went in the, in, in another, to another city and he began to minister there. And a couple of chapters later, a few years have gone by. And we read the words in the scripture that says everyone in Asia, in the province of Asia at the time, heard the word of God. Why? Because Paul was obedient. He didn't try to think, oh, the people in Asia, they need to hear me. I need to go there. I don't know what God is saying. I don't even think I'm hearing him right. I'm going to go do what I think is important. No. The Holy Spirit said no. So he said, okay, I'll go where you want me to go, and I'll trust you with the results. And then everyone in Asia got to hear the good news. Why? Because God is orchestrating things behind the scene that we don't know and we don't understand. And so when he speaks to us and he tells us to be obedient and he tells us what to do and he tells us where to sow, man, we just need to do it. We can't figure out what the results are going to be. We just do what he says to do with what he's put in our hands. It seems fairly simple. You've got one job, just one job. What do I do with what God has put in my hands and how do I manage it well? I need to be ready and willing whenever God asks me to do what he asks me to do with what he has given me. Regardless of what I see in the natural, regardless of what I think the outcome should be, regardless of what my circumstances are, regardless of what's going on in my life, regardless of what I think my needs are, I just need to sow where God tells me to sow. I need to spend my time, my talent, and my resources where he tells me to spend them. If God gives you the seed, he's going to tell you how he wants it to be used. And this is where it becomes really important that we learn how to walk and talk with God like Adam and Eve did. And we learn how to every day say, God, I've got 24 hours in this day. How do you want me to use them? God, you've gifted me. You've given me talents and abilities. How can I use them in the kingdom of God? How can I use what you've given me today to advance your kingdom and establish it here in my life, in my family, and in my region? It matters. Everything matters. When we listen to the voice of God, 
And we're actually able to do what he tells us to do and then walk away and leave the results up to him. That is the beautiful place where the natural meets the supernatural and anything can happen. That is the beautiful place where the voice of God meets the seed that he's given us and it begins to plant things in the kingdom of God. And we don't know what God is doing and sometimes we plant something in someone's life and we walk away and we never see them again. We never know what happened to that seed that we planted. Sometimes we water something. This is what the scripture says, right? One comes along and plants, another comes along and waters, but it's God who gives the increase. And we don't know what he's doing and how he's working or what he wants to do in someone else's life. We just show up and do what he asked us to do and trust him with the rest. Come on. And so are we gonna be the kind of people who every day will say, God, what do you need me to do today? Where do you need me today? Where do you want me to give today? What do you want me to do today? Maybe, like Andrew told us his story a couple of weeks ago, he'll tell you to walk up to a young man at Starbucks and strike up a conversation. Who knows where it's going to go from there? When God gets a hold of our lives and we actually are able to trust and obey that's our responsibility, to trust his voice and to step out with obedience and faith and say, God, I trust that if you told me to do this, it's the right thing to do right now, and I'm going to do it. You know what I've learned this year more than anything else? Is that when God speaks, I need to respond quickly. I think because we worry more about our needs and we worry more about the outcome, we miss opportunities. We choke the life out of what God is trying to do and we miss the opportunity to sow seeds. And we miss the opportunity to be used by God in somebody's life. And we miss the opportunity because we're too worried about our own needs and about the outcome. Man, when I feel like God is telling me something, I come to a point in my life where I just jump into action. It's like, I don't want to miss this moment. And that is why I love coming to church here. That's one of the things that I love about this place is just what happened this morning when Andrew said, I think we need to pray. And all these people came up and I believe healing happened and things are happened already in this place today. Why? Because he was obedient and he stepped out in faith and said, this is weird. We don't usually pray before we preach, but today we're going to do that. You know what? If I were you, and you feel like sleeping in and staying in your pajamas on a Sunday, I don't know what's wrong with you. I can't wait to get here because every week God does something different and I'm like, I need to be where God is and be a part of what he's doing. I don't want to miss it. I wake up early. You know, the last few Sunday mornings, I am not a morning person. I've been awake at six o'clock and I'm anxious. I'm going like in a good way. I'm going, God, what are you going to do today? Where are you going to show up today? Where do you want me today? Where can you position me today? I want to be a part of what you're doing because when we are a part of what God is doing, it changes everything. When you get to be a part of what God is doing, Spencer, when you spoke that word today, that was bang on. That was bang on. You're part of what God is doing in the atmosphere here. And when you get a taste of that, you don't want to go back. You'll be up every morning going, God, where do you want me today? What can we do today? Because this is exciting. Things are starting to happen. Why? Because I'm just stepping out and I'm obeying. I'm managing the seeds you've given me well. I'm doing what you want me to do with it. And you're showing up and I'm seeing incredible results. That's awesome, isn't it? Listen, 
You may think that what you do doesn't matter, but everything matters. Every decision, every choice, every day matters. And it's actually a lie of the enemy. It's a deception when we believe that nothing matters. The Bible says, do not be deceived. God will not be mocked. What you sow, you will reap. And I think sometimes we have this misconception that our money only becomes a seed when we put it in the offering. And I'm telling you it's a seed when it's in your bank account. But it depends what you do with that seed that makes it either work for the kingdom or against it. Every hour and minute you have in every day is a seed. It's not a seed when you decide to sow an hour into someone's life. It's a seed from the moment you wake up in the morning, but it depends what you're gonna do with it. And we are either sowing into nothingness and into destruction, or we are sowing into the kingdom of God. And I tell you, I wanna be sowing into the kingdom of God as much as I possibly can. Life is short. There are people who need to get saved. And so we are on assignment with God to see things change in our area of influence all over the Niagara region. It's time to get in the game. You are deceived if you think that the decisions you make with your time and your talent and your money don't matter. They matter. And they matter more than you think. I want to show you a quick video, and then I'll be back to close up. Money to me was an answer to almost everything. It was empowerment. It definitely took the worry out of life. When you're, when you're raised in a, in a family that uh, doesn't have extra money for anything, it sometimes creates a desire that when you get working, you will make sure that you never have a lack of anything. Instead of depending on God to supply your need, you just become that person who wants to succeed no matter what. I figured that if God gave me a brain, I should be able to figure out a way to afford anything I wanted. That was me. I found out about three years into construction that I was the type of person that did not like taking orders from someone else, even if they were the nicest boss around. So I, I ended up starting my own business. The first major debt I had outside of a mortgage was uh, I put approximately $5,000 worth of renovations on a credit card. That $5,000 turned into ten, then fifteen. By the time I sold my first house, it was at $40,000. And the $40,000 turned into sixty, then $80,000 before I knew it, added to the other debts that I had. When my wife found out about my debt, I was sitting in my office. She had just picked up the mail and she pretty much opened all the credit card statements at once. And she had no idea, it was the tip of the iceberg for her. So she came in and said, I know things are tight. Why are all these balances up to the max? On one hand, I was terrified of her reaction. On the other hand, I, sense, I felt a sense of relief that she finally knew. Watching her melt down was one of the hardest things I've ever watched. 
I thought I was hiding things for her benefit. When I came to realize that I had actually done way more damage by hiding it from her than if I had let her know, then it really bothered me. And it was only then that I started really asking for her forgiveness. One of the other things that God showed me during this journey of getting out of debt was I thought that the noble thing to do was to pay off my debts and take care of my family first. But God showed me through the process that I had to start giving uh, more to church. I had to start giving to other people. I had to start giving my time. And I, in, in a time when it did not even seem right, um, I had a chance to go on a mission trip. And being a, a pastor's kid, I, I should have probably went on one when I was young or years ago, but it just never happened. And all of a sudden I find myself in Mexico building a house for, for people that we lived in wouldn't be even called a shack. But that changed, that opened my eyes. It let me know that, that no matter how big a problem I had in Canada, no matter how much debt I had, I was still living in a $200,000 house. I was still had food on my table, even at my worst situation with all my debt. I had clothes to wear, all my kids had everything they needed. Uh, we live in a blessed country. But when you go to another country and you see that people have nothing and they seem to be happier than the people here that have everything, it opened my eyes and I decided at that moment that we were going to go to Mexico as much as we could. We were going to give as much as we could. And it didn't matter because the Bible says if you give to the poor, you loan to God and God is no man's debtor. Debt and the love of money, uh, debt itself is a curse. It's a curse and it prohibits you from doing so many things for God in your life uh, until you get out from underneath the weight of debt and, uh, and the pursuit and love of money. Um, you'll never fully flourish as a Christian and do what God's will for you is. invite Jeff and Carla to come and join me on the stage just for a minute. Why don't you give them a hand as they come. So I've actually known Jeff and Carla for uh, 23, 24 years. We met when we were fully pregnant with our first babies, but <laughs> I actually didn't know really this part of your story. And uh, this is a cool thing, how God works to you. Andrew asked me to speak, and he said there's a story coming, but I didn't actually get to see. When I woke up this morning, I had an email with the video, so I watched it this morning, but he had given me the word already that's so well tied in with what you're saying. And so I just wanted to ask you a couple of questions. First of all, if there is someone who's going through the same kind of situation or feeling today like, they've made some bad choices, what would be your advice in this moment to give? I think the uh, first thing to remember is that nobody goes too far for God. Uh, we sang the song today, Reckless Love, and uh, my daughter, I know that song fairly well because my daughter was with YWAM and they had to sing it on every one of their stops when they toured the States. And uh, that song is about how God chases you and tears down every wall that you build. And uh, I, I built a, a chasm of debt, and uh, I thought that 
uh, even my, I, I, my wife thought too, she, I remember her making the statement, we'll be the rest of our lives paying this off. And we did it in seven years. So, I mean. I'm glad to hear that, it's <laughs> good. Um, Carla, obviously this was a hard thing for you to hear about this from Jeff after it had already all gone down and you kind of didn't really have anything to do with it, right? But you had to deal with that after that. Can you tell us a little bit about your road to forgiving out of that? Um, so, yeah, so when I found out um, how much debt we had over a couple of days, I just, I guess the word is betrayal. I just felt betrayed because I didn't, I didn't know. It took a long time. But God is good. He's a redeemer. Yes. Amen. He is a redeemer. <laughs> and so, um, Jeff, maybe just a little bit of advice to you. How did you get out of that debt in seven years? And what was kind of the practical track that you took in order to come out of that place? Well, I didn't know where to start. And uh, it started with, um, uh, I went and did some counseling with our, our pastor at the time. And uh, he said, uh, after praying with us and basically telling us God would help us, on the way out the door, he said, you might want to check this guy out, Dave Ramsey. And I'm sure some of you have heard of him. So I thought, I, I kind of didn't pick up on it right away. I just thought, okay, I'll check into it at some point. But I just thought it was too hopeless to even one man's name to fix. So I uh, went to work, and the second day, my buddy at work said, have you ever listened to this guy named Dave Ramsey? <laughs> so I think God really directed me to him, and I started devouring his, uh, he was on the radio from one to three, but I also went online, and I listened to literally hundreds of hours of call-ins of people who had similar situations, and I started following his Baby Step program. And uh, that was the first part of it. The second thing was I decided that if, I was used to working hard, but now it was going to be 100% uh, towards getting rid of this debt, and I was going to, God started teaching me about being the, uh, letting him be my provider. One word God told me while I was going through this was that uh, I, I asked him, I said, how did I, I said, I meant well. I, I was just trying to take care of my family. I was trying to do everything. And he said, yeah, but you were looking in the wrong areas. You were looking, I was buying Get Rich Quick books. I was buying Wealth in, in 90 Days books. And, and, uh, and he said, you look to these things and you look to your credit cards. Whenever you got a problem, you took out another cash advance on your credit card because that became your provider. You, you made a quick little prayer to me, but then you didn't follow it up. You went straight to the bank and did a withdrawal. So he said, if you make me your provider, I can provide and I can get you out of this. I said, okay, but you know how tough it is in the winter. He said, well, then you have to prove me. So the first winter, and I can tell you story after story, but the first winter, which usually drained our finances and because I'm in construction, it's seasonal. Um, the first winter, um, we had a miracle happen um, where our basement flooded, and then uh, the insurance money, they let me fix it. It sounded bad <laughs> at first. It was like another attack from the devil. But then I found out what well, the insurance was paying, and I asked, could I fix it myself? And I actually pocketed $4,000 to fix my own house. So that took us care of the first winter. And then... Every other winter, God stepped up, and I never had to borrow to get through a winter again. But besides that, we built and sold uh, uh, three, four homes, three homes in four years, um, because, again, I was using my own uh, giftings in construction, 
and it was very hard on Carla, the moving and packing up every time. But uh, you know, I she she proved herself to me, and I just want to give a shout out to her because you do not know, you have no idea what I put her through, and and it was really hard for me to just to watch myself saying that um, because I had no idea at the time, and I was like, it's just money, it's just money. But it really, it really was really hard on her, and she stuck with me. And I knew after that moment that that woman was never going to leave me. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, guys. Give them a hand as they go. Thank you so much. Takes a lot of courage and vulnerability to share a story like that, so we really appreciate it because we can all relate. We've all been there where we've made bad decisions, and they've had an effect on the people around us. Our decisions do matter. There was one decision that was made in the garden, and for all the rest of time, we've suffered the weight of sin because of one decision. But aren't you glad that we serve a God who redeems? And he sent another man who in another garden made another decision that bought back our freedom. God can take anything, no matter where you are today, no matter what's going on in your life, no matter what your circumstances are right now, God can redeem it. He can do anything with it. You have no idea. When I listen to Jeff and Carla's story and I hear that they got out of that debt in seven years, I'm, I, I was actually surprised. That wasn't part of the video, so I hadn't heard that before. That's amazing. That's God. When we start listening to him and we start managing those seeds well and we start doing what he's asked us to do and called us to do, he begins to rewrite a new story and redeem everything. If you've made mistakes in this place today, if you feel like it's hopeless and lost, if you feel like you are in that place where you're at the bottom of a pit and it's like, I don't know how I'm going to get out of this, God is a God who redeems and he's here today to say, I can redeem your situation. No one is too far gone. No one is too lost for what my power can do. Give me a try. Give me a try because I'll get you out of whatever you've gotten yourself into. That's my job. It's what I do. That's what God says. When I speak to you, you be obedient and faithful and I will lead you forward. I just want to pray over you as we close today. Everybody just close your eyes and bow your heads. If you're in a situation that feels helpless and hopeless, there is going to be a prayer team up here at the end of the service, and you can come for prayer um, specifically and individually, but I just want to pray over you today. And if you just want to lift your hand up to heaven in this moment while all the eyes are closed and heads are bowed, it's between you and God to say, God, I need you to intervene in my situation today. I may have made a mess of things, but I need you to show up because I need that redemption stuff. I need that redemption power in my life. I need to know the God who redeems. And so, God, in this moment, you see every hand that is raised. You see every heart that is lifted up towards you today every person who needs your help. And we just speak blessing over this. God, I pray that you would actually speak specific words into these people's lives right now. Give them specific things that they can do today to begin to sow what they have and begin to sow their way out of the problems that they've sowed their way into. You are a good God. You don't leave us all alone and desolate trying to figure it out on our own. You help us. 
and you lead us. That's what listening to your voice is all about. And we thank you for your voice. We thank you that you speak to us still today. We thank you, God, that it's your heart to lead and to guide every person into your plans and purposes. But God, if we've gotten off track, would you just get a hold of our hearts, get us back on track where you need us to be? Speak to us today, God. Speak to us today and every day. And may we be the kind of people who will say, God, when you speak to me, I'm going to do whatever you tell me to do. I'm going to do it quickly. I'm going to do it obediently. I'm going to do it full of faith because I believe that you are a God who shows up and you redeem. And so, God, we give you all of these situations and circumstances right now. We put them in your hands and we trust you completely. You are a good God. We thank you for your presence here today in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope that you are challenged and inspired by what you heard today and that you're willing to allow God to work in and through your life in bigger ways this week. We'd love to stay connected with you on social media, facebook.com slash mountainparkchurch and instagram.com slash mountainparkchurch. Finally, if you have a story of how God has been working in and through you, we'd love to hear it. Just email us at mystory@mp.church and tell us how God has been working in your life lately.